Hello, everyone. Welcome to Alley Cat and Steve. You are about to hear an amazing episode with Jess Vaughn, otherwise known as Jay Poland, Jessica Poland, and Laces. This woman was signed to a major label in high school, survived Warp Tour, went to college, went on The Voice, started her own music company, is now the head bitch at Head Bitch Music, and recently had her smash hit, The End, featured on Netflix's Bridgerton. That's right, Bridgerton. Trigger warning for you folks out there. There are mentions of sexual abuse and assault in this episode. So stay safe, kids. Without further ado, we present the beautiful, the talented, the majestic Jess Fawn, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, my friends. How are you? Doing fine. Welcome to Alley Cat and Steve. Oh my gosh. So excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you for being here. <laughs> Anytime. Steve is out today. He's always out, actually. He's never been in. He's never been in. He has never shown up to work. <laughs> ever. <laughs> you know what? It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, we're hoping one day he'll come and join us, but um, our scarf collection is a, is a little bit too small right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> Stephen likes his scarves. He, need, he needs them around the mic stand. True. He does need them. <laughs> Paid in scarves. Yeah. <laughs> so, good morning, good morning. Um, good morning, morning. We're going to just be chatting about you. Whoop, whoop. Oh my gosh. I love a self-absorbed <laughs> subject. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's 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 rock it. I love your mug by the way. Billionaire tears. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I try to start my day it's with nice. a cup of billionaire tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't mind me. It's perfect. I knocked over some drumsticks. I'm in my rock closet. Good. There's a lot of stuff happening in here. Listen, everyone needs a rock closet. It's true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's rock, rock and not roll. like filled it's with not rocks. Like, like geodes or yeah, that would be way yeah. more interesting than what it is, which is just a <laughs> gear storage space that I also work in. <laughs> Perfect. Um so I uh, you are Jess. Hi. Hi, Jess Fine. Hi. Um and you're also Jay Poland, right? And you're also laces. Ye- Yes. So and others and others, right? And <laughs> yeah, I'm a woman of many names. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of just wanted to start from the beginning and find out a little bit more of what made you you and how you grew up. Like, how did you get into music? It was weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're catching Cheers. me like on three sips of coffee, so I'm in a I'm in a splendid mood. No, um, <laughs> I think uh, you know I I was a foster kid till I was about four, and then I was adopted by very colorful people, and um, 
you know, just have always been into like the entertainment world, even though I wasn't raised by stage parents or had a lot of means. Um, but I just was always like singing and dancing and, um, I like, I remember when I was 16, you know, I grew up on the Jersey shore. I think that's very important. I think I can't leave my Jersey-ness out. You, know? you buried the lead. Yeah. You buried the lead. Yeah. It's, 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 it's <laughs> definitely important to bring up. Uh, but I, I guess when I was six, 14, I started writing poetry and singing and stuff. And, um, I remember my father saying, you know, no one really wants to hear you sing poetry, so you should probably, like, learn an instrument or, like, find a collaborator to, like, actually write a song. And I was like, oh, I never thought I thought about it. Yeah, like, I guess I could do that. So I, like, rented a guitar for two weeks and then started writing songs and, like, booked my first gig, like, two months later with, like, these terrible songs <laughs> that I, like, <laughs> barely knew how to play guitar. Um, and then I Googled how to be an artist. And then uh, uh, two years later, I got signed to a really big manager and um, got signed to a label by the time I was 18. So I don't know how it works for everybody else. I just was like, this is what I'm going to do. And dad says I shouldn't sing poetry. So I guess I should learn an <laughs> instrument. And then the journey wow. kind of just like, you know, went from there and got signed and yada, yada. I mean, I don't want to. We could be here all night or all day, I should say, if we go into it too much. Listen, we are free therapy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, definitely need more of that for sure. Free <laughs> therapy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's kind of my, my journey into it. When you say I got signed and yada, 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 um, <laughs> can, you, can you elaborate just a little bit? That was as Charlotte sometimes, right? Yes, it was at Charlotte sometimes, you know, again, I've just always gravitated to names that weren't my own. I don't know what that is. I think it was a protection, like a, just a protection mechanism, if you will, to, um, to just separate myself from the music I create. So therefore I can like do the work and stay out of the results. But right. at an early age, I just, I, I, I think I started as like Jesse Poland and then, realized quickly off the bat that that was not cool and um changed it to like jay poland and then obviously i've gone back to that which is funny but then went back to uh jay poland and the pilots when i had a band and then made that record and then my management they were like yeah you can't be poland like that's like not really cool and i was like oh, okay like what should i be and they were like well have you like read the book Charlotte sometimes? And I was like, no. And um, they're like, well, you should read it. Um, that should be your name. And I was like, well, my middle name is Charlotte. So that makes sense. And like, that's the real story. That's not what? like the press story. When I started, when I was younger, I was always like, I really like, just like grew up like reading Charlotte sometimes and like really love the book. Like, but I do love the book now, but that's not what happened. I was just like, they told me I wasn't cool enough to be Jesse Paul. Was that just like an intern that had just read the book? And <laughs> <laughs> it was this, it was this like male producer 
um, that I was working with. Who had just read the book. Who had probably just read the book. That's so lazy of them. Probably didn't (laughs) read the book. I read it. I read it so much so that, like, if anyone asked me a question, I could, like, answer her about the book. Um, But, yeah, and then I, so we made my my first record when I was living in New York City um, with my management company, and then we started to shop it around to other labels, like, and there was a bidding war, this shit doesn't happen, or it does happen for like rappers, but it didn't ha- like I don't think it happens for like singer songwriters that much anymore. <laughs> but uh, and then you know all these you know m- you know suits wanted it, but they didn't want it. They just wanted what somebody else wanted. I don't think they ever listened to the music or anything. I, I I'm not. Uh, I'm not disenchanted, but I'm just realistic. And, like, I don't think I would. Yeah. was like, oh, my gosh, I love listening to, like, this 18-year-old's music that she wrote when she was, like, 16 about, like, a boy. Like, I just don't think that, like, a 45-year-old <laughs> white man was like, I really resonate with the material. <laughs> I mean, that song about the homecoming dance, just, you never know, yeah. though. Like, people love driver's license. So it's yeah, like, I mean, it could who be. knows? I sure. I'm not going to give myself that much credit. I think that <laughs> it was. Uh, I, I mean, I think I was a good writer, maybe a little above mediocre, and uh, just had a was a, had a lot of personality. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. I signed a five album deal with Geffen Interscope, and then signed with Sony ATV as a writer, and then ultimately became like this isn't fun vibes because you know as a young woman in music it wasn't like the best time in the world <laughs> thumbs up to yeah. that yeah 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 <laughs> but so you're then you're working as a writer for Sony ATV in New York yeah. and you, did you do the five albums no I didn't because Geffen folded after my first right so okay. that was okay. fun for me so you, you, but also kind of maybe lucky? I don't know, because what happened was I signed this five-album deal. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to make all these records. Like, I'm finally yeah. set in life, you know, like a teenager. My my brain wasn't even fully developed, and I'm like, I'm done with life. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, breaking up with my boyfriend every other second, like teenagers do. And um, I... I was really excited, but my my publishing deal really uh, mirrored my record deal. So when Geffen folded, it really put me in a really kind of terrible spot that a lot of songwriters have been in before where you have a certain record and release you must do in order to fulfill your contract. And so I, you know, was the majority songwriter on, um, you know, on my first record so it was like oh I was gonna write all the other songs on the other records so it would have been really easy to fulfill my contract um but then it became less easy once I was off the label because I would have to write for other people so I had to quickly pivot learn how to write for other artists and I had to do eight songs record and release and that means it also has to be on a major label and it has to be physically released which doesn't happen so they didn't let you out of the publishing deal not when the label folded no 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 i was stuck in that from 2007 to 2015 
Oh my god. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, that's a like, long time. Long time. Like you would get like twenty five percent of a song, but then it wouldn't be like released, so it wouldn't count towards your record and release. And I couldn't issue another advance unless I got the eight songs. So um, I ended up becoming like a stripper and like managing a strip club while I was signed to Sony ATV. And then eventually, <laughs> shout out to Sony. Shout out to Sony. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking care of your girl. And then. I um, eventually, like, hired a lawyer, um, somehow got out of the deal, but it took me a very long time. Yeah, that's like seven years, eight years? Yeah, it was a long, wow. it was a long relationship, and, like, my person kept changing, because at publishers, you know, people move around, they shuffle, yeah. so your point person gets changed a lot, and, like, you know, it's kind of like... Sony's like a big bank, right? And so the big bank is for big artists. So if you are like a middle class artist, um, it's really hard to be signed to a big bank because you're not going to yeah. get a lot of attention and you're not going to get what you need. But when you're signed to a major label, a lot of times you need to work with a big bank. So if you lose that label, you lose that momentum and you lose like the structure of like having a management or whatever, then you kind of get lost in your... Um, in the publishing roster, which is unfortunate, but realistic. Right. Wow. So when Geffen folded, mm -hmm. you also lost your management. Yeah. So Geffen folded and I, my management and I, they, you know, I mean, I was the first woman, young woman, woman uh, <laughs> that they have ever worked with at, at the start. So I was 16 when I signed with them. They were managing at the time Fallout Boy, and uh, I don't think Panic at the Disco was a thing quite yet at 16, but I think it was like two years after that. And then uh, American Hi-Fi at the time, and like like all these like really like yeah like punk rock bands and gym class heroes, and then eventually Panic at the Disco. And if they were emo, they probably managed them. And then uh, my experience with them was just not so great as a. Uh, just a young woman because it was a lot of like you uh, of the times right like I don't know if they would say yeah. these things now but it was just like you need to bro out you need to stop wearing makeup you need to like do this you need to do that and then um whenever I felt like unsafe on the road you know they just weren't really uh responsive to that or responsible for you know being in my life since I was a like sophomore in high school to them being like 19 on a bus with like 11 guys right yeah you're um, you're a child basically yeah exactly and i think yeah. that we we think about things differently now right like we carve out time for our mental health we say like are you okay like do you feel safe like you know i don't know if you would send out like a 19 year old woman on the road without sending another woman with her probably not with 11 no yeah. that's that's a lot of men yeah. that's yeah. too many yeah. men it's i mean gross. i wouldn't i don't know what they would do <laughs> right like it's totally they're so like disgusting on on the road but that's like be, besides the point i just felt like you know a teenage girl alone and scared and you know you're being thrown into a world where you're doing like radio interviews and then flying to do a TV thing and then you're doing um, meet and greets and then you're playing and then you might be driving for 10 hours in the van or or maybe you're lucky enough to be on the bus that tour and then maybe you're staying at a Motel 6 and they put all the guys, you know, a few guys in your room so you never have any, yeah, to like share a bed with like these guys even though I was signed to a major label because I didn't know there was like certain funds that were happening going here going there and you know because I was I was a kid and so I unfortunately was 
um, raped on tour. And when I brought it up to my management, they were like, well, you're very flirty, like what did you do? And so they eventually canceled a tour after that without my knowledge that I was ready for, I was excited for, and then just told me that they didn't think I could make it as like an artist and pop singer. And then they, uh, then we just agreed to go our separate ways. And now they manage uh, like the biggest female artist ever. And I'd love to have a conversation with them. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I yeah. feel like the lid just got blown off. I just got chills. <laughs> so yeah, at this point, when this all happens, are you on Warp Tour? Is that the kind of... I or was on the Warp Tour, but support? it didn't happen. It didn't happen on the Warp Tour. They were like, all the guys on the Warp Tour are, were really great to me and super. I mean, it was hard to be on a bus with all of them because they're disgusting and fart all night. But, um, you know, and I'm like 19 with like my retainer and just being like, I'm going to go to bed and watch Buffy on my computer. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but they were all like big brothers on that tour. Um, you know, I definitely felt like Kevin Lyman, who like ran the Warp Tour, was really kind to me, and we're still in contact. Um, definitely, there was a boys' club for sure, but never felt unsafe in that environment. It wasn't until I was on another tour. It was an older man who was a session um, guy in the, in the band. I think he was like 20 years older than me or something. So, um, but I. At this point, I, and again, going back into the, I'm like, sorry, I'm like babbling. Um, when I think about being on the road and as a young woman, how we say we would never probably send a young woman on the road by herself, I said, um, I was really tired and kind of hit my threshold. You know, when you're not sleeping, you're playing all these shows. I know you guys understand that. And you're just like, I'm going to like, I'm getting weird. I'm getting weird. I need to like have a day. I need to sleep. I need to put a face mask on. I don't know what's going on, but I need to do something. So yeah. I definitely felt that and really had just, hit, I did 26 shows or something in a row and I just was feeling Whoa. tired. And I was at like a Motel 6. I was 20, I think at the time. Everyone else was like out drinking. I couldn't go anywhere. So I was like stuck alone at this like seedy motel. And I remember calling my management and just being like, hey, like, I'm like struggling here. I really need a day off. Like, is there any way we can cancel a date or something? I just need a day to sleep. And I definitely was like gaslit in that moment. They sent me to this person called uh, what we call in the industry, the rock doc. Oh yeah. And yeah, I'm sure you've heard all about the rock doc. And he gives me some like bogus diagnosis, uh, like, you know, my birth mother is schizophrenic. So he told me that I'm probably schizophrenic. Um, I'm not, and put me on all these drugs, uh, put me on steroids, put me on a sleeping pill, put me on a mood stabilizer and an antidepressant, and then they just put me back on the road. And then I got like, Did you get the like butt steroids. Oh yeah, totally, shot. and the butt yeah. too. Nice. So I was like all jacked up. I was just like, Rah! and then uh, you know, just like not knowing. I'm like, here's a downer, here's an upper, just feeling so crazy. And then you know, I wanted to fit in with the guys, and they want they wanted me to take a shot before. Um, I think like after I got off stage or something and I took it and that's when, you know, a man in the other band took advantage of me. So I do feel a certain like, you know, I think that under my management's care as a young woman, they, they should make a commitment to do better for all the female artists they work with now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's and on crazy. that dark note, no. <laughs> no, I mean, it's the, it's the tea, right? And like... You're telling it like it is, and that's yeah. important. 
Yeah. Because you're pulling back the curtain as to what some people would glamorize as the ideal experience, which is getting signed while you're in high school. And mm. then, like you said, life's over now. I'm set. <laughs> All good. <laughs> yeah. But it's pretty amazing that that happened to you so young that you had years ahead of you to like reinvent yourself all these different times and you learn from that and you don't have that doesn't have to be your life exactly yeah I mean I definitely I became a certified counselor advocate in the state of California for survivors and I learned a lot about how trauma affects your brain and that really helped me heal in a lot of ways just to figure out oh, that's why I felt this way, or that's why I'm reacting this way. Um, and then I've just made a commitment to try to make a safer, more equitable space for, for women in music. That's amazing. That's yeah, so cool. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. We need more of that. <laughs> that yeah, was totally. amazing. That was a bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> so take a cleansing breath. It's going to be fine. Take a cleansing breath. So when you were 16, yeah. you got signed and you went on tours and you started your album deal. And then at what point did you, so you went to the new school, right? I did. I went to the new school for a hot semester, took a class yeah. on the art, the art of walking. Um, so I, I obviously use that every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a class. It's a fucking class. Yeah. It's somehow like worse than any Berkeley class yeah. that I took. Like I took some out classes, like... That's worse. Berkeley had some <laughs> dumb <laughs> classes, but that's not as dumb as that. I I picked, the, I, I picked the new school because one I didn't want I w didn't want to go to college because I had already been signed to a manager. I wanted to like make this record, but as I said, my parents are not stage parents, and my mom made it very clear that like none of my brothers could get into college. So like I was going, I got a scholarship, and they were like, well. I don't care if you're like making a record, like you're gonna have to work too. So I worked like full time at a nail salon while making my <laughs> debut record and I went to the new school. Um, but I picked the new school because they don't require you to take math and I am so stupid. I still count with like my, my fingers. I'm, I don't know like how I graduated. <laughs> I don't know how I got a scholarship to college because I have basic math is hard. And I, I remember the SATs just like looking at my math section being like, I, they were worried about me, you know, like I was <laughs> worrisome. Um, so then I got to have the opportunity to take like classes, like the art of walking and learn nothing. And then immediately, as soon as my record was done, I was like, bye. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, I mean, like, so were you in the music program at the new school? Cause I know they have, a, I think they have what were you just like in the walking department? Yeah, I was not in the music. <laughs> I didn't want to take music, um, so my my major was uh, arts in context, which is the philosophy of art. Okay. <laughs> oh no, man! I was just passing the time, I guess. Wow, that's a major. That's some kind of major. It's some kind Cat, of major. Ours is not much better than that. No, let's be real. Yeah, I'm thinking through my major of like professional music. Yeah. Yeah. Same. We both we're both professional music from Berkeley. Yeah. So technically, you do professional music. So. Yeah, yeah, we do, and like. Kat was in a slam poetry team. That's I hot. was. I got my poetry minor twice by accident, and that's, oh, like, wow. my greatest accomplishment in life, in my opinion. I mean, um, honestly, yeah. like, we could team up. Like, I could walk, yeah. you, could, you could slam some poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any of my poems, but if I'm in New York and you want to go on a walk and we can do some slam, 
I'm down. I'm down. I love. We could all just it. fly to New York together for this joyous experience. That'd I'm be vaxxed so fun. And waxed and ready to go. Let's cruise. <laughs> I'm vaxxed. <laughs> I'm half vaxxed. Can we go in like two weeks? Then I can go too. Well, well, we'll make an exception. Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So you go. You're. At the point you're making a record, you go to new school for a hot minute, and then yeah. at what point in the timeline does the voice happen? So after I was signed and the whole insanity ensued and my trauma um, started to add up, <laughs> I started to, um, I was living in New York and I still was signed to Sony and I was writing and, um, you know, also, uh, working at the club and, um, I got a call from the producers of The Voice uh, for season two to come in and audition. And I've always kind of come from the philosophy of uh, don't say no to an opportunity that isn't yours to say no to. So I just decided I would go in and audition. And um, I didn't think I was going to do it. I didn't necessarily think I was going to make it, but I just kept getting past uh, rounds. And I just said, I guess I'm doing The Voice. And then all of a sudden I'm in LA and on TV and I was like, I guess I'm here now. <laughs> wow. Was yeah. that beneficial to your career? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think isn't everything. It's just like another chapter in a very long book. You never know how yep. it's going to benefit you or help you until all of a sudden a relationship will come out of that may right. maybe many years later. Um, totally. Yeah, I mean, every opportunity that you have in the professional workplace is an opportunity to get to know yourself and who you want to be in your career. Um, I felt uh, it was fun. I thought it was great. I thought it was like a vacation. I think because <laughs> I had already toured a ton and I had already had that big, like, major label moment, I yeah. felt not attached to the results as much. Than, right. my, than the c other contestants. I was like, right. great, more airtime. Like, maybe somebody will buy my CD. Like, be as obnoxious <laughs> as possible. You want to be on TV longer. Like, I just, like, yeah. was playing that game. I was like, I'm happy to, like, play the bitch. Like, what do you want me to do? How obnoxious do you want me to be? Like, I yes. was asking producers, like, what you want me to do? Should I, like, amp it up? Like, I would send, like, uh, there's a, the person I did the uh, battle round with, um, she didn't like me, but the feeling was mutual. And um, we, <laughs> yeah, I wish I could find that like on <laughs> YouTube because the stink eye that we gave each other is so intense that I'm like, give us a reality <laughs> show and let's see what happens. But, <laughs> but it was so intense and she had said something, like she would tweet stuff and I would tweet back at her. Like I was like, let's just keep going. Like how like real world can we make this? So, um, <laughs> so you were working. I was working. And other people were like, Auditioning. They were auditioning. They wanted like a major label deal. I was like, I'm sure. gonna get kicked off the show eventually. I'm not the best singer here. Like I've always thought of myself <laughs> as like a songwriter that can sing, not like a mm. singer. So I yeah. was surprised I was there to begin with. <laughs> so I was like, cool. <laughs> but I made a lot of friends, and um, you know, I'm still friends with some of the people that worked on the show, and I have no regrets doing it. Hell wow. Yeah. Is that when you moved to L.A.? No. No, I, well, I lived here for a little bit. Like, I was subletting a place after the show just to kind of, like, test the waters. But I was, like, 
East Coast is the best coast, and I, you know, okay. um, <laughs> Jersey Shore trash forever. So I just was like, oh, I don't know if I want to move to LA. So I moved back to New York for a second, and then realized, oh, I don't know where I belong anymore in this world. So I moved to New Jersey, got a condo, started teaching music for toddlers but then would take the train and go back to the club and then i was technically house mom to all the strippers so i would like teach kids in the morning and then like yell at strippers at night and so (laughs) and if that doesn't sum up my personality i'm not really sure what does anyway that's uh, incredible can we call this episode that yeah (laughs) like i don't know how we're gonna spin that into a short enough like me neither but icon for an episode title but we're gonna brainstorm that (laughs) that's gonna happen (laughs) okay so jess we met in 2018 2017 2018 and that was when you and your now husband Mm -hmm. moved here you basically i met ryan first but you guys just moved here here. i moved here in 2013 in october so i've been here a little bit longer i um I just, like, something happened, I think, well, not to go into another trauma, but what, okay. <laughs> but, like, hi, um, it's me again, <laughs> your favorite trauma victim, um, I, um, it's so fucked up, but I, I was in New York City, I was doing, like, a, a session, and I got into a cab to go to Penn Station, but unfortunately, the cab driver didn't take me to Penn Station, he kidnapped me and assaulted me, and then I had to escape said car, and I ran to a, a rest stop on the New Jersey Turnpike. So I, needless to say, it wasn't a great experience for me. And I, and I can laugh about it because I've been to a lot of therapy also, don't worry. Don't, don't, don't send for me. I'm fine. Um, I, (laughs) I just decided after that moment that I was done with like New York and I just needed to carve out a new space for myself not only um emotionally and as a person but like away from my family and away from like things people that I knew and the career that I built in New York and I just was ready to start fresh somewhere else get rid of uh, Charlotte sometimes as my name and just try to get to know who I am and really do the work to heal myself from all those traumas and hell yeah commit to the life I wanted to build for myself so that's when I moved that's beautiful can we talk about that life yeah because that I feel like that's the Jess I know and I love the history of it but (laughs) (laughs) but like how like what do you do now yeah and is there like an a like an abridged connector yeah story so basically I was doing a lot of writing and realized I didn't love writing for other artists sometimes because I felt like I was not getting monetarily like it just felt like you'd get a cut and like yeah, it just wouldn't be that great back, circle um, back. Yeah. and you need to eat like I, we're professional musicians <laughs> so um <laughs> we do not want to die of exposure so anyway um <laughs> pay me please so anyway so i was trying to figure out how to 
just navigate the world in that way. So I, I reinvented myself as laces and then I started to get into film and TV. And my now husband had asked me to do some stuff for Hasbro. And so that's when I kind of got into that world where I was like writing uh, for briefs and that eventually turned into two cartoons that I wrote music for and then their promos and then people started coming to me for custom music so then I started my own custom uh, company um, and then I started my own label imprint because I had hundreds and hundreds of titles I would release um, for all these different projects I started to create because the more I learned in film and TV the more I was like oh I can be this songwriter but I can be the songwriter for all these different versions of me and then I can yeah. explore all these different genres and have so much fun without being boxed in. And then I make all the money. So I started. Yeah. <laughs> so she's greedy. No, but like I. Um, so I started doing all of that and then realized that the industry is not a safe or equitable or diverse place sometimes. And so I felt like. I still wasn't getting all the respect I deserved and I was being taken advantage of, you know, in, in the songwriting world. And so I thought the only way I could change the industry is if I had become a part of the industry. So I decided that I wanted to become an executive. So not only was I running my own company, I got hired. Now I'm the vice president of Sync and Creative at a music publisher here in LA. And so I just decided I was going to cultivate as much power as I possibly could so that I could try to change the industry and try to articulate what I hear within the industry to artists in a way that they can actually use in real time. And so your company now is Head Bitch Music, right? Yeah, so my, my company's Head Bitch Music, and then I work for Heavy Hitters Music as a VP of Sync and Creative. That's incredible. So for our Thank listeners you. who maybe don't know so much about the sync world or the licensing or publishing world, what? Yeah. how did you get... Um, started with making your company head bitch music what was the process like um well it, you know like the process on how to create a company yeah yeah well i think ultimately you have to find something that nobody else has and then just go through the proper channels i personally hired a business manager because i could afford one and i really worked with her on what would be the best way to set it up for me so i'm an llc that operates as an s corp so i think it's important to look up the benefits and uh, disadvantages of both and see what works for you um Unfortunately, America loves corporations, so um, for us, it made sense to be uh, an S-Corp. Uh, you mean the, the best one that works for you, meaning like if you're an LLC, if you're a single member or yeah. a S-Corp? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. So cool. S-Corp works for, for us. You know, my husband runs a DBA underneath us, underneath my company, um, which I think is an important thing to mention because my husband runs a management company, right? And so he does a lot of consultant work. And what we wanted was a place that all of our money would be funneled in, but we wanted to operate differently. You know, like sometimes he might want to operate as under head bitch, but sometimes he doesn't. And so this was a yeah. great way of like keeping everything in house while also like doing our own thing. And uh, I think it's important to set up a company. If you're making enough freelance income, if you, if you're not like this does not apply, it's not applicable to you, <laughs> but if you're making a certain amount of money, you need to have, you shouldn't be funneling it through uh, you personally. It's just, it's, yeah. it's a liability. 
um, yeah. yeah, legal liability, you're just not protected, and you're going to pay more taxes. Cool. Yep. Second thought. Thank Second you for thought. the crash yeah. course. Single member LLC over here. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Now you're the head bitch. Congratulations. Thank it's very you. Exciting. It's super fun when the bank the bank calls and they're like, um <laughs> so uh head uh I don't know if I can say this. <laughs> Do you have a LinkedIn? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Perfect. I love the idea of like men in their fifties being like head b, b. Yes, the B. <laughs> it's really funny. It's really funny when they have to like write a check to it. Like it's always funny. You know what I noticed though? Once I started to, in a lot of my, a lot a lot of times in my life as a woman in music, I've been called like a bitch by like a dude that I've been working with because I was like, oh, but like, why do you get eighty percent of the song when I? wrote it with you right. half of it yeah <laughs> like don't be difficult don't be a bitch Jess and I'm like uh, I'm gonna call my company that so you can just like constantly yeah. be sending any cash that is like meant for me through that and now nobody calls yeah. me a bitch so it's yes. funny how like I reclaim that and everyone's like oh Jesse's so nice and I'm like wait what like I haven't changed like no <laughs> that's not true <laughs> don't say that <laughs> don't call me <laughs> so nice <laughs> Hey, okay, I think you're. I think you're very nice. If that makes oh, you feel you. any better. Well, we can snuggle. You know, yeah. I feel like we can all be girly friends. <laughs> yeah, we can be girly friends. <laughs> I like watching yes. Legally Blonde. Do you like watching Legally Blonde? Duh. Yes. It's yeah. my favorite inspirational movie when I feel like I'm, you know, down. I feel like anything that's from like 1990 to 2004 is pretty much where I live. Um, Same. So, yeah. Yeah. I recently made my Ryan watch Out Cold with me. Nice. <laughs> I started rewatching the Gilmore Girls, and that's where my mental illness is right now. I'm in season six. Nice. <laughs> you are. You're in season six right now. Yeah, and I. My whole theory is that Rory's haircut is the catalyst for how the show gets bad. Like when they cut her hair off in season four, they cut off the magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> they start getting weird. Like I'm actually emotional and upset right now from where I am in the show where I'm like, this doesn't seem like it's in character. And I just like, why can't they just get it together? They're just like making it seem, I'm in season a seven and oh, I went through it really yeah. quickly but yeah I'm in season seven and I am upset yeah that's fair <laughs> there's, there's a lot to be upset about um you and I should have like a separate time to vent about it because yeah. the only person I vent to about my issues with Gilmore Girls is my partner and I think it'd be good for me to branch out honestly like I'm here for you like Luke and Lorelai I wish Luke would just like be less emotionally stunted i wish lorelei would talk about her feelings and i also just wish like those two crazy kids could work it out like just i know stop. they're the ship obviously therapy therapy they need to go they do <laughs> over it i'm seven seasons behind you guys on gilmore girls but i want to be part of the i group. want this Honestly, for you it's <laughs> it's it's perfect it's bad and good and it's good bad infuriating and ally i think yes. that it's time for you. Yeah, join us. Join, join us. us. Join us. Join us. I have a scary voice. If you lead, 
I will follow. Oh man, I could talk about it forever. Okay, so let's talk about Bridgerton because yes, we have in our two minutes yeah, in that our we two have, minutes left. We have okay. left. Let's quickly touch on prone Bridgerton. I feel like. It'd be crazy not to because this became yeah. like a phenomenon overnight and suddenly your song and is... I, it's kind of crazy. I, I And I love that like after everything you've told us that that big moment for you was under... Jay Poland. Your yeah. Name. <laughs> yeah. You weren't supposed to be Poland, <laughs> but then look where you are now. Exactly. Watch out world. And is that your maiden name? It is my maiden name, yeah. Okay. Cool. I am now a Vaughn. I sound like a cool porn star. Jessica Vaughn. <laughs> um, um, yeah, the Bridgerton thing was really cool. I mean, no, I do about, I don't know, like anywhere between like 20 to 25 sinks a year and with all my different projects. And this one came about and I knew it c was going to be cool. I just didn't necessarily expect it to be what it was and you just never know it's going to move the needle and that's why i always tell everyone and i feel this way and i think i mentioned it earlier it's just like do the work stay out of the results and then be happy but don't become invested like because things come and they and they go so i feel i feel really lucky i'm so glad people have resonated with the song and i love how like steamy that scene is i feel like there's a lot of people a lot of women who are like getting freaky to that scene let me tell you and you know what if my song helps them find some happiness within themselves i'm here for it that was literally perfect what you just said yeah. i think we should end um, on that now. do you have time for us to ask you our one final question we ask our artists yeah oh that's i forgot yeah. about i this just want to make sure we get it in there um, yeah. 100%. So we love our rejections here. Um, we've all been rejected. It is a part of the career we're in, right? Yeah. And we love to ask, what has been your favorite rejection? And that can be anything from the thing you submitted to where they, where Submit Hub told you that you sounded too good and you needed to sound worse. <laughs> or it could oh. be, you know, the audition that you never got called back for and you're glad you didn't you know it's so interesting because i never i've never really thought about that um i try i try not to carry the, my rejections with me because I, I start to like get weird and like i'm like you're a failure but um i and there's dark people that live in my brain uh it's all the <laughs> monikers that live there rent free um but uh <laughs> Actually, you know, what was really embarrassing, but I think ultimately was a blessing because as I've gotten older, the more I lean into my, my vulnerability and honesty, and I think that that's a strength, um, was when I wasn't, after the live rounds on The Voice, I got uh, eliminated, right? And I, they made me sing Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls and I was kind of like crying during it because it's like really awkward when you're like kicked off and they like make you sing and you're just like on live television. Like that is not like a psychologically sound, but okay. And so I sing that and then, you know, when they announced it, I was kind of like, 
you could tell I was like visibly like upset for a while I really like cared that was really embarrassed by it and now I kind of wear it as a badge of honor I think it was a really amazing failure for me to have to always wear my feelings you know and my heart on my sleeve to me is a superpower of mine it's why I can write songs it's why I can relate to people and empathize with their experience I say like cry in the club cry cry on the stage who cares like and I, I'm really glad that uh, the world got to see me cry maybe they'll feel a little bit better about crying about their lives so you <laughs> did want the world to see you <laughs> wow oh that was God, really well mom. done thank you for that that was, that was gorgeous <laughs> gorgeous well done well done <laughs> that's amazing <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, oh my God! Well, it's time for us to sign yes, off. Yes, thank you so much for having yes. me. Do we want to? Do you want to do our sign off? Sure. What is it? I'm gonna say, I'm Allie. Then Kat's gonna say, I'm Kat. Okay. And then you're gonna say, and I'm Steve. Okay, got it. Do you want to practice it? I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Okay. I'm Allie. I'm Kat. I'm Steve. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. The more awkward, the better. You honestly. are Steve. <laughs> Steven. <laughs>